Hello there, you're about to experience the WhatsApp Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What's up, church? What is up, church? It is me again, coming at you. Again, thanks to the people over at DiffMix, diffmix.com. This should be sounding pretty sweet. Uh, I'm excited for the intro stuff because every time I recorded it, stunk, dude. It was so bad. But um, yay, that's not the case anymore. Woo woo, diffmix.com. Shout out. Again, all you podcasters, no matter where you're at, check them out. Worth it. Worth it. Um, okay, today, today, straight up black sheep. This is a shout out to all those who seem or feel like they're <laughs> outcasts or whatever. Uh, I was reading Joshua and the story of Rahab, the prostitute in the city of Jericho. Um, I think we all, let me rephrase that. Most people are familiar with the story, which is crazy in itself. Like the whole, like, oh, hey, Lord, talking to Joshua, go send two spies into the city. Um, I'm going to take that city. It's going to be the first of many cities. The Lord's with you. We just crossed the Jordan River. It was all dry, crazy miracle. Um, (laughs) We're going to go, you know, uh, do some cardio around Jericho for seven days and blow some shafars. And that city's going to be yours. Prior to this, though, they send two spies and they go to the prostitute Rahab, who is in the city, and they meet with her. And she's all like, let me hide you guys, because they find out like this. People in Jericho are like, oh, my gosh, they've sent spies here. We want to find them, kill them, clearly, because the Israelites are right there on the River Jordan, on the east side of the River Jordan um, or whatever. Yeah, on the camp on the east side yet. They haven't crossed over yet. Um, and Rahab's like, I don't know who these people are. You know what I mean? Uh, they came to me. This is kind of ad living, clearly. This is not the, the literal text. But if you want to know, it's Joshua chapter 2, verse 4. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry, verse 3. Let's take back up to verse 2. Um, now the king of Jericho was told, Behold, men from the sons of Israel have come here tonight to spy and search out the land. So that the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab saying, bring out the men who have come to you who entered your house because they have come as spies to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. So she said, yes, two men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. When it came time to close the city gate at the city gate at dark, the men left. I did not know where they went. Pursue them quickly for if you do, you will overtake them. Full stop, boom. Then uh, they sent the guards out. They went east towards uh, the River Jordan. She sent them west towards um, wherever. West, whatever that was. I forget where west was. Um, the hills west of Jericho. But I want to just kind of, I think it's quick to read over this. And I get lost in some of the words. Like I always do. I get lost in some of the words. Like I just think about this. Is that one, like she's the prostitute. Two, this must have been like a one prostitute town, Jericho. Like we see it's a walled city, so we assume it's big. It's got fortifications. But like they went right to Rahab. 
we're not, I mean, I'm assuming we're, the assumption is, is that these men showed up, this town kind of see them go to Rahab because it says that the, the men scouts from Shittim saying, go view the land, especially Jericho, the walled city. So they went and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and lodged there, which is also a weird thing to say, like, like lodged at a prostitute's house. So this was either the hotel or the hotel. <laughs> see what I did there? Um, I don't know what, sorry, Lord, that's horrible. I apologize. I shouldn't say that word. Um, but like this situation just sounds strange to me. And culturally, I, I don't know if I can withdraw my own bias towards the idea of like just the, 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 the brothel. I mean, let's just call it what it is. It's a brothel, more or less Rahab's house with a brothel, but you could stay there or whatever. But were there a lot of brothels? I don't know, because the whole city knew that these two men went to that one. And like, they must have looked different because people should have known or could have known or whatever, like small town, word travels fast type situation. But I think it's hilarious that the king's like, oh, there's two men here. Go talk to Rahab. <laughs> Go talk to Rahab, right? But then with the part that, that, that kind of was made me talk about the black sheep part, which is what I want to talk about today is verse 12. So two verse 12. Um, and this is Rahab talking to the spies. Um, and it says, and now please swear an oath to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you will also show kindness to my father's household family and give me a pledge of truth and faithfulness and spare my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters, along with everyone who belongs to them and let us all live. What? Like, so Rahab was the town prostitute, yet she had a full on family what were they doing? You know what I mean? Like, why would, why was she the town prostitute when she has this family of mother, fathers, brothers, sisters, a large family, yet she's out here slanging her body, which is a total no-no. You know what I mean? I know we don't look at it like the prostitution didn't have the same stigma necessarily. It's weird how often like people in the Bible, specifically in the Old Testament, we hear about go to prostitutes like Judah did it. You know what I mean? When he hooked up with his daughter-in-law, you're like, yeesh. Um, like there's just all these different situations where it's just kind of whatever, but you got to assume like no one looks, uh, no one looks at a prostitute is like, oh, good job. Do way to, way to excel in life. You know, no one's like, like remember Judah was going to stone uh, his daughter-in-law. I forget her name right now. I apologize. But like, uh, Lena? No, 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 that's not right. Anyway, because she had gotten pregnant, you know what I mean? She had prostituted herself. Like, this was a big deal. You know what I mean? This was a big deal to be a prostitute. It's kind of like one of those, like, uh, we love your sin conveniently, but we don't want to be a part of it. You know what I mean? Like, ugh, you're gross. However, we will go visit you when we're lonely. Or, you know what I mean? It's like, so I can only imagine is that they don't talk about any other prostitutes in the family of Rahab's family, but you got to imagine like the rest of her family looked at her like, Oh dude, Rahab, ugh, you know what I mean? Like, ugh. I mean, think about this. I mean, like, I hate to say it this way because it's so gross to think about it, but like both those spies went to her house. Like, so that was par for the course. Multiple men would be going to Rahab. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like read between the lines here, people. She is a prostitute and multiple men would be staying at her house. So it's like, oh gosh, you know, brutal, brutal. 
But what do we know about Rahab? Like, what do we know about Rahab? Is that one, in verse nine, she's taken to spies. I know that the Lord has given you the land and, the, and that the terror and dread of you has fallen on us and that all inhabitants of the land have melted in despair because of you. Verse 10, for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan on the east to Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. When we heard it, our hearts melted as 11. When we heard it, our hearts melted in despair and fighting spirit no longer remained in any man, of, uh, any man because of you. For the Lord, your God, he is God in heaven and above and, and on earth beneath. And that's when she goes into the swear notes to me. You know what I mean? Um, and so if you read in Hebrews, the author of Hebrews, I think it's Paul, credits this as faith. Like talks about Rahab as in faith. Like She acted out of faith. If you jump over to James, James credits this to works. You know, James is all about works. Faith without works is dead. Here is like, you know, was it not her work of hiding the spies? It was the act of her faith. It was her faith in motion. That is what is, is credited to by, the, by James. Like the Lord saying, no, no, no. It was, I, I honored Rahab, Hebrews says, with her faith. And James says, no, because her faith was put into action. And so I still go back to, what did that do? Well, because of that, her entire family was spared. Because of that, her mother, her father, their family, her in-laws, her brothers, her sisters, the entire family, that was it from the entire city of Jericho was spared because of Rahab, right? Because of her willingness to put herself out there, the, you know, call it faith, call it works, whatever. It kind of reads like a, you, when I read it the first time, I'm like, oh, she kind of seemed like, hey, like I'm trying to get ahead. Like, let's just go ahead and imagine. You know, Rahab was probably pretty street smart. You know what I mean? Like we can assume someone who is the town <laughs> prostitute gets a lot of words. You know what I mean? Like she hears a lot, knows a lot, is the men of the city visit her that are, you know, whatever. We can just imagine that all the pe passer through people that come in through the town seem to want to stay there with her. Like, you know, like she has her ear to the ground on a lot of different things. So she's worldly with knowledge. I would imagine, right? You can only imagine. Like she just hears a lot of talk, you know, bed talk, pillow talk, yeesh, but whatever it is, what it is. So you have all that going on. So she is kind of like, you know what I mean? Like the, not so much the people at the gates, like, you know, the old school people sit at the gates, but she hears a lot of the information that a lot of people don't have. So she's probably, you know, I got her finger in the wind, checking where the wind's blowing and going, whoa, like everyone in this town is terrified. Everyone's going on. And then these two guys come and she's like, you know what? I want to hedge my bet with the Israelites. Like, I'm going to, you know what I mean? I'm going to go ahead and make a move here and see, hey, the, de the, the cards that have been dealt are not great for me in this city. Destruction's coming our way. How, I, how can I get on the right side of this? How can I, how can I protect my investment, protect my family get on the right side of this? And that's kind of how I read it with her. However, the Lord and the Bible regards this as faith and works and the works of her faith. So she believed that the Lord was the Lord of God above it and on earth. So like, that's, hey, awesome. But it's because of her activity that 
her family is spared. And because of that, obviously the line of Jesus comes through Rahab. Like, you know, I mean, we, 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 we know that his genealogy is through Rahab. How crazy, right? How crazy. Like the, it's so cool that the Lord uses the most odd people in the odd places to do his will. And that's kind of where I go back to her being a black sheep. Like her family had to have looked at her as a black sheep, the family, like how awkward were, were dinners. <laughs> Rahab, how was your day? Uh, do you really want to know? Do you really want to talk to me about how my day was? Do you really want to know why I know the things that I know or I've heard the things that I've heard? You know what I mean? Like, like I, that's just an odd profession. You know what I mean? Imagine today's equivalency. And I don't want to imagine today's equivalency, but you know what I mean? Like someone in your family who's in a very worldly profession. So many people don't know, um, you know, that, I used to manage uh, adult clubs in Las Vegas. Um, you know, I that's what I used to do as a profession. I was a manager at multiple clubs. Um, you know, uh, that's what I did. And at the time, I thought it was awesome because the money was so good. I was very attracted to, I mean, my life was trash back then. So let's just go ahead and call that what it was. My priorities were all sorts of wrong. Um, everything I was focused on was the world. Um, I wanted the party. I wanted uh, the the style. I wanted the image. I wanted the so you know it was gross. Um, I was that was like in my peak Vegas, I would say, lifestyle, and that's how I lived my life. So my job was very, very, very. Imagine going to work every day, and that's what your environment you're working in, you know, and how quickly it becomes normal. Like how quickly a lifestyle like that. And environments like that become normal, where it's not normal. It shouldn't be normal. Let me rephrase that. It should not be normal. Unfortunately, it's normal for too many people. And that just becomes like your day, man. Like, what'd you do today? Ah, you know, I woke up at like 6 p.m. Because obviously it's a nightclub. That's a, you know, a late night event. I go to work. I don't get off until like, you know, four or five o'clock in the morning. And, you know what I mean? Like, that's like, it's just a weird lifestyle that you, have to numb yourself to the Holy Spirit to do. And that's what I had done. That's what I had done in my life. I had numbed my, my, my desires. My heart was very hard, very definitely. I had taken the volume of the Holy Spirit's voice and turned it to an absolute zero. Um, as much as I could, I think it was like a point one, maybe because I would still get checks about things randomly and I just didn't want to, you know what I mean? I would just, ah, you know, bury that somewhere because I don't want to deal with that. Because if I deal with that, it's a domino effect because I don't have to deal with everything I'm doing. So I didn't want to deal with any of that. And that's what led to so many of my problems and decisions. And just, just every time the Holy Spirit checked me, I said no. Every time the Holy Spirit was trying to reach out to me, I said no. And thank God Rahab didn't. Like Rahab could have easily not. You know what I mean? Like imagine how much of the Holy Spirit or the fear of the Lord wasn't in her based on her lifestyle. Like the black sheep of like, I'm, a, I'm all these things. I'm, I'm sleeping with all these men, whoever shows up. You know what I mean? I don't have a, do not enter on my door. It's the opposite. All are welcome. You know what I mean? And this is a, I'm the town prostitute, dude. Like this is what I do. Like, so she had to really be in an, an emotional and a mental place to deal with that. Like I don't, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, this is what my reality is. This is what I do. 
that's just who it is. My identity is as this person. My identity is I'm the town prostitute. My identity is I'm the the woman that just, you know, this is my lot in life. There's not more for me. My family is around. Obviously, I don't know what they're doing. Like we don't get to know that, but it wasn't their lot in life. It wasn't like her entire family was in that house because remember she had to bring them into the house. So they clearly weren't a part of this, which is a bummer to know that she's like living that kind of proximity to her family in that town. And they're all like, oh yeah, our daughter, the prostitute, you know, wow. You know, she (laughs) most likely to achieve award in middle school didn't pan out the way we wanted it to. You know what I mean? And I think that's for a lot of us, like me specifically, like, man, the potential on my life when I was younger was pretty good. I think, you know what I mean? Like, like I was a good student. I was a good kid. Like, like I really was like, I'm not like braggy. Like I was a great kid. Definitely not. But I was a really good kid. Like I didn't get into trouble. Like I really did have like, like honor and integrity and just morals and principles from an early age. Um, I think it was a work ethic part. Like we were, we were forced to work as my brother and I were like, we, you know, we had chores, we had responsibilities and that started at a very early age for us. And so it was ingrained in us was, or me specifically, like that work ethic that principle ethic and that you just do the right thing. And I always had a very clear idea of justice in my head. And as I grew up, I had to start burying that because my desire to live in the world didn't match with my morality. Like something had to give, sadly, um, which tells you all you need to know about the decisions I made because something had to give because my morals, my ethics, the Holy Spirit in me was saying one thing and then the world and then my flesh was saying something completely different. And so I had to choose to bury the Holy Spirit's voice. I feel like that's what Rahab did or had to do. We all have to do if we're all doing that. I mean, if we're living in the world, man, we're not living in his presence and that's a bummer place, but I did, I lived there for decades, decades, man. Oh man. So brutal to the point where I had to numb his voice so much. But the moment that Rahab got that check, she responded. The moment Rahab got the opportunity, like the Lord gave her an amazing opportunity. And because she acted in faith and because her faith had action, it wasn't just, I believe it was, no, my belief is going to move me to a response. And the response is lying. (laughs) That's a weird one. Everyone debates about like, you know, like Rahab lying to the king about the Jews, the spies and everything else. Like, oh, should we be lying for the Lord? Um, It's a weird like segue. Like they've been debating this forever. I'm not really worried about that part. But my point is that her faith and her belief and her response to be on the right side of the Lord led her to action. So hiding them under the her, her roof parts, then letting them out of the window and, and giving them directions and hiding, you know, tying the, 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 the scarlet ribbon in her window, getting all of her family into her, into her house and then not sharing it. You know what I mean? Not talking to anybody about this. Like that was the other part of it. Like, hey, you don't, don't like when the spies left. If you talk to anyone about this, dude, our, our bet's off. Like you're a fair game. And if anyone's not in your house, when we come, the blood's on their hands, not ours. And so it was clear warnings and signs. So like, like it took a lot more than just her just saying this. Like there was a lot of follow through they Rahab had to have, you know? And this was like three days of three plus days. So like it ended up being like a week, 10 days from the time that they left to like the three days later, they came back and then they spent seven days circling and then like the massacre on the seventh day. 
So there's a, like, you know, I mean, it, it was a lot going on. You can imagine people are coming to Rahab, like Rahab, we know those spies were there. Like we know, like they had to go and follow up. It wasn't like they never followed up. Like people were still visiting. You know what I mean? Like she wasn't done with the conversation you can imagine. And so it really was her faith and her works of not talking and then acting upon what she had said back to us, like back to me, like the Lord put it on my heart so many times to do things or to like change my life or to be affected or impacted by the decisions I was making in real time. And so often I said, no, so often I said, no. And then came my spy moment um, where the spies came to her and she had to be protected. Well, when my, I got the call about my dad being sick, like I could choose to act in faith, to go and take care of my mother, to take care of my father and to be obedient to what the Lord's asking me to do, or I could not, you know? And for a moment there, it was a not, but thankfully I, I, I chose to, to be obedient for whatever reasons, you know what I mean? Selfish as they were, the same way I think Rahab's motives might've been in line with the Lord, but they are mostly selfish for protecting herself and her family. But that was fine. Like it still meant that she had to honor the Lord and his spies. So therefore it was rewarded as faith and acts, a faith and her acts of her faith. The same way I think the Lord so blessed me leaving Vegas to honor my mother and my father, to honor my father. Like I really got an opportunity to honor my father and take care of him when he was sick. I had an opportunity to honor my mother and take care of her when it was the most painful experience that she's ever had in her entire life. And that she's, you know, to this day, the wounds are, the wounds are just below the surface. And so I still get to honor my mother. I still want to honor my mother by honoring, you know, I, 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 I thank the Lord that he gave me that opportunity. And because of that decision, I'm where I'm at now. Like my life is beyond blessed. My life is beyond abundantly above anything I could ask, think, or imagine. I mean, like I am living proof of that today, talking to you. The fact that I'm even talking to you about this, like that's, that's even crazy to think that this is the, the world where I'm in. I have the most amazing wife. I have the most amazing relationship with my friends and my family. Like my brother's relationship and I is, is, is awesome. Um, it's, we don't talk all the time, but man, I love my brother and I love my sister-in-law. And I love my two nephews and I love my aunts and I love or my aunt and my I said multiple aunts. Yeah, technically. So I love my aunts. I love my uncles. I love my family. Like I love the people that God's placed in my life. And all that was obedience to that moment because I was a black sheep for a long time. Like for a long time, I was a Rahab living a life that was dead to the Holy Spirit, that was dead to the things that God wanted, that was not in alignment at all. And it was a bummer. It was the worst, ugh, it was the worst existence. At the time, I would told you I was having the best of times. At the time, I'd be like, oh my gosh, my life is so amazing. Oh, so false. So false. It's the lie that all of us tell ourselves. And when there is a massive gaping hole in our heart and a, and a, and a gaping hole in our soul for what we really are, what we're designed for, which is worship and intimacy with the Lord. And I had to bury all that. And same with the right, but I had that opportunity. And so like, I just love like that black sheep, like no matter who you are, the Lord can invite you into his plans. No matter who you are. 
You can be the town prostitute. You can be the town drug dealer, dude. You know what I mean? Like you could be the town whatever. You could be any thing that is just on, on, on optics alone would look like, wow, that, that person can't be. Like, no, Lord, let's get someone who's a little bit more qualified for your kingdom. But the Lord doesn't operate that way. One, because we're all qualified for his kingdom, because we're all made in his image. We're all made with this desire to connect. So yes, any one of us can be used. Any one of us can be utilized. And thank the Lord he chooses any of us that we're not, you know, a donkey, for example, the colt, we're going to ride on a colt, like not a stallion, a colt, you know, same with us. Like he can use us. And it's crazy now because now when I have conversations with, with people about struggles or about these things, I have a, I wouldn't say unique, but a very uncommon pathway to the Lord <laughs> in a background, especially for people that are new and like, you know, younger, like it's cool talking to people in like their late teens, early twenties, especially young men, because I'm, I'm intimately aware of what is going on emotionally, hormonally, desire wise, that, that energy that you don't know what to do with, like, where do you put all this energy? And there are positive and negative pathways for that energy there, are, you know, and, and, and all of it stems from your connectivity, your, your, your closeness to the Lord. But it's cool for me to see young men now and have an opportunity to speak to them from a perspective of like, Hey man, like, like again, your kingdom or his, your kingdom or his, and kind of understanding that principle. And before I, I wish I was explained that principle or I wish I, I don't remember anyone explaining it to me that way, but I wish I would have, because I, I don't know if that would have landed better for me. Maybe not. Who knows? Um, I can't act like, Oh, it's someone else's fault for not listening. Like, no, I was, I had all the information. I chose to ignore it. However, that idea of his kingdom or mine, his kingdom or mine, obedience or disobedience, like what is the path? What, what am I going to decide to do? And man, the Rahab, I want my life to be remembered as faith and works and the, and the works of my faith. You know, I'm not saying I'm going to get into the Bible. Clearly that's not what I'm saying, but the Lord remembered Rahab and it is credited to her as faith. And then the action of her faith, the acting out upon her faith. And then she swore an oath and her, her lineage was blessed. Jesus came through her lineage. I mean, you want to talk about what a difference a decision makes, what a difference an action of your faith makes. We can't even understand the ripple effects of the decisions that we make in real time. And that's so cool about that. Like, imagine the opportunities that we get on a daily basis to act in faith and obedience. Like, we just can't fathom, you know? Abraham goes into, is, is obedient to leave his land or his father and go into the wilderness with his family. And because of that, a nation is born. And because of that, our salvation is created. Like, like, like the simple obedience of Abraham, the simple obedience of Rahab. Like, do I think that if, if it was, if Rahab wasn't obedient, we'd have another person. Of course, like the Lord's going to make, the Lord's going to have this perfectly set up, but it would have missed Rahab. It would have missed her family. It would have missed her, her opportunity to, to connect the Lord and be in obedience and protect her family. The black sheep, the woman that was not doing all the right things, she was given the opportunity to do the right thing. The Lord blessed her with that chance to be obedient. And she responded accordingly. 
She hid the spies. She acted for the benefit of her family. She didn't act for selfishness. It wasn't like, hey, protect me. It was, no, 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 protect me, my mom, my dad. So even as the black sheep, her love was for those around her. And that's the coolest part. Like, I love that. I just love the fact that we get to do that. The decisions that we make today have ripple effects for our family, for our our immediate circle, for our friends. Who are we able to bless because of our obedience? Who, what stranger can we just pour into? And in that moment, change their future and their family's future. You know, there's, it's such a cool idea to think about that. I, I, I don't think about it as often, or I, I sometimes don't think about it in the eternal. I think about it in the immediate. And I, and I want to start thinking more in the eternal because that's such a bigger, awesome place to be at. And it's more in line with, the, all right, Lord, like <clears throat> let my step today bless your kingdom. Let my black sheepness, <laughs> redeem me from my black sheepness and bring me into like your obedience and your family and like the things you're doing. And I love that. I don't know. I love Rahab and, and what it was like her <laughs> could be real selfish motives. What doesn't matter. It's not, it, it was for the Lord. And she was redeemed from her life of prostitution into the lineage of Jesus. And so like, all right, Lord, what do you have for my lineage? Redeem me from the, the, the time I wasted and turned off the, whole, this, the voice of the Holy Spirit and did all that. Lord, redeem it. Like, you know, accelerate the things in my life to be more for your kingdom. And I, just, I, I love that. Anyway, so that was what I was thinking about, I was reading about. That was my fun stuff. Um, and I will talk to you guys soon. All right. Bye. You have been listening to What's Up Church Podcast. Just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't. <laughs>